Hello, and welcome to another episode of Gaming Couch, where we sit back and talk about video games, board games, card games, and the like. So pull up a chair, put your feet up, let's have a good time. Hello, hello, everyone. Oh, boy. Um, sorry if I sound a little bit off. I got a, a bit of a headache right now. For good reason, though. I know it always sounds weird that when I have... Unslightly news, there's always some good reason behind it. Uh, I think the cause of this headache right now is uh, I've been playing over the past like 24 hours a lot of Platinum Games' newest game. Now, as I had put in the episode title, I called it the Interdimensional Police Force. It's all in good humor. You know, and if you haven't played the game yet or know anything about it, you'll understand why I used that name. So Platinum Games has blessed us with Astral Chain, all right, their newest game released on the Nintendo Switch. Now, these guys have been known to make some great action games in the past, you know, like Bayonetta, Nier Automaton, Metal Gear Rising Revengeance, and one of my personal favorites that put Platinum on my map was Vanquish back in a couple of years ago on like the Xbox 360 and stuff like that, which I loved. Now, Astral Chain does have that great action that Platinum's known for, but it also has a little something else thrown in. Your character works on a special police force called Neuron, and you are tasked with fighting against an interdimensional threat known as Chimeras. So that's what I mean, interdimensional policing. You are in a police force, but you're fighting beings from another reality you're not just you know a beat cop or anything like that so since you're on this police force there is a bit of investigation that happens you know it you're walking around talking to people you're gathering clues and things like that throughout this massive city known as the ark and it's not open world in the sense where you're just kind of like walking around and things are happening you have to go through various levels of the game but each level is called a file so one file will have you go to a certain area of the city because there's reported let's say kidnapping and you're investigating the kidnapping and then you know xyz things happen after that i'm roughly you know last time i checked roughly seven hours into the game so i only have that to talk about right now but there's a lot still there to talk about I feel there's been an even split between combat, the investigation and dialogues, as well as cutscenes. And it's not like a 30-30 split, but it's it's a good balance. Like, I feel there's enough going on to set the game that it works. Like, the first level, which is kind of like the opening to the game, has a lot of cutscenes that set the tone for the rest of the game. It's what set things in motion. And then it passes back onto like the investigations, then you also have the combat going on, so it's all there. It's all in good health. And the game itself provides a really good challenge. You know, in those seven hours, I've only gotten through three levels, including the opening level, and that's in part because of all the dialogue and investigations, but also in part of the combat itself. And it's not because, you know, it's some innate difficulty, you know, It's not like the enemies are super tough 
or anything else like that. It's the mechanics the game has built into it. Make it a challenge, not hard, just a challenge. And we'll get into that later. Now I want to make it very clear that I will be talking about spoilers. And it's a variety of spoilers. Like I'm going to be talking about some story stuff with major plot points, obviously. But also the game's progression. You get you know new and new things as the game goes on that you can use in your toolkit, which I'll be bringing up also. So you know I'm only three levels in. There's a lot. Like I said, seven hours. There's a lot that's happened so far. So heads up for that. You know, if you're worried about the spoilers, obviously play the game for yourself, play the first three levels, and then come back and hear my thoughts on the game, etc., etc. You know the drill, all right? And I'll, again, give a warning as I get close to, like, the big story stuff. So we'll start with just, like, background stuff. So this isn't spoiler territory yet, don't worry. There's just all background stuff on the game, what happens. So you boot the game up, there's opening cinematic kind of giving you some lore, obviously, But when it comes to actually taking over and controlling the game, well, it throws you right into it. You get to pick between a male or female character, and your last name is Howard. So think of, like, Mass Effect, where you're Commander Shepard. Technically, your first name is whatever you want it to be, but everyone calls you Shepard, all right, or Commander. So it's the same thing with that. Now, it turns out, between this male and female, you're actually a twin, So let's say you pick the male Howard, the female counterpart will be your twin, who will join you throughout the game. And then vice versa, if you pick female, there's then male. It's a pretty cool little thing, and it can be really funny, because there's a slight character customization, like you can change your skin color, your eye color, your hair, nothing, you know, crazy like a big RPG, However, it can be kind of funny that you can give yourself some, like, crazy hairdo with hot pink neon hair and have a really dark skin color, yet your twin will still be the default short black hair and white. It doesn't really impact anything. It's just I find it funny that you can do that. Like, I went with a slightly darker skin color, like a slightly kind of, like, more caramel-esque. You could think kind of like, like Indian, maybe. I went with my skin color, yet my sister is still pure white it's just funny like I said, it's just kind of funny now that is this is one like a negative i feel for the game it isn't huge i just think it's a missed opportunity there's voice acting in the game so some of the major players some of the main characters especially in cutscenes, will have dialogue that is voice acted on top of you know the words at the bottom of the screen and this includes your twin so using the example of what i did picking male my female twin will talk throughout things like she is an uncontrolled character so she has a voice however the character is cursed to be mute you're a silent protagonist now the game already has voice acting for both the male and female howard if you pick female obviously then the male is your companion and therefore your male will talk i don't understand that like I'm a police officer, so I'll be investigating a crime scene and talking with civilians, yet my twin is the one who's, like, doing some talking behind me, like, oh, that sounds very interesting, or, oh, they might think this, or, you know, whatever. If you already have voice actors for both the male and the female, it'd take a little extra work, obviously, but you could do lines for everything. Like, you could have a main character that has voice-acted lines, whether they're male or female, and then you already have the other half done. The game's still great, like, 
it's not it's not breaking the immersion or it's not ruining my experiences at all. I just feel there would have been a little more impact for certain things if the main character was voice acted all the time, regardless of who you pick. That's honestly, so far from playing the game, my main gripe, which is a good sign. My main gripe is just you didn't voice the main character. Everything else is great. So take that as like a some faith in the game. All right. So you're on this police force. You just made your character. So now what? All right. You start the game. You make your character. You get thrown in. You are racing down a highway on your motorcycle, and you're getting attacked by these weird flying alien creatures. That is the start of the game beyond the opening cutscene and picking your character. So you get thrown right into the action. It tells you this is how you move. This is how you shoot. This is how you dodge because you can like do a really sick slide on your motorcycle across the highway to dodge bullets. It's a Platinum Games game. You can do some awesome shit. So there's no like, you know, simple narration or story or narrative or anything like that. It's just, boom, you start in combat along this highway responding to a call that has happened. Like there's a bridge at the end of this tunnel was under attack. So you respond to that call. And you get attacked on the way there. And I really like that. You know, I like the fact that the game is teaching you how to play during the game. You know, later on at HQ, there's a bunch of training things you can do, which are your tutorials. So if you want to, you can later go back and work on combat. Because you were just... The first time I played the game, I actually went and replayed the first level again for, like, the story stuff because I was on the subway. So I was trying to read the dialogue at the bottom of the screen because I'm an idiot and don't have headphones to my Switch. So I was on the subway, and I couldn't read the dialogue, read the information on the side of the screen of how to play the game, and, you know, play the game all at the same time easily. Which is, a again, it's a thing of good faith because... A lot of tutorials, not so much anymore, but back in the day, it was like hand-holding. You know, you weren't really in combat. Like, you'd play a first-person shooter, and you weren't really in combat. You were practicing things. So, yeah, I can just breeze through a tutorial if I wanted to. But here, no. You actually have to interact with the game. You're fighting basic enemies, like enemies that you'll encounter throughout the game for your tutorial while getting fed story. It's nice. And then again, later... I went to HQ, and I, I'm like, okay, wait, what was that they were mentioning before? I kind of missed that, so I'm going to freshen up on that. It was good. It's a good way to hone your skills if you so choose over time. So this opening level, all right, this, again, this is all story stuff, okay? This is story stuff in the first level. I'm not going to spoil anything huge, okay? You're fighting some simple enemies that turned out to be infected humans, all right? There's this thing called red shifting, all right? Because this whole interdimensional thing that's going on around the Ark, which is the name of this mega city you live in, humans can be infected with red matter. It's like this corruption kind of thing. Think of it like a lethal disease. And so a lot of the horror monsters roaming around, well, they're infected. All right? So the threat is known. Okay? It's not like this unknown threat. Like, people know about it. The police know about it. So they are combating it where they can later you find out that this whole threat is coming from somewhere called the astral plane all right and by the end of this first level 
you meet a not a new threat, but more of an unknown threat called chimeras. Now, they also come from the astral plane, along with the red matter, with the whole red shifting issues and stuff like that. The issue is, they can't be seen. Right? Humans can't see chimeras or the red matter. It's a big issue. So that's where Neuron comes into play. It's a special task force that is part of the police department, and they're able to actually see the chimeras and combat them and fight them all right, and help out where they can. So in the end, at the end of this first level, you and your twin are reassigned to join this task force, which makes a total of five people to fight this entire alien army and kick some fucking ass around the arc. So there's a lot put on your plate right there. And of course, the captain is not very happy because the captain turns out to be your dad who adopted you and your sibling when you were really young. So a little bit of family tension that goes on there. But it's it's nice. Like, it's a good setting for the first level. And then immediately after that, there is obviously some exposition. You know, you can walk around HQ and talk to more people and get a little more information about things. You can go to the training facility, which the, the quest you're given, like, you have to go to the training facility. That's the objective. But in terms of, like, how much training you do is up to you. So you can just jump right into the, the first main level essentially you know technically it's level two but it's not like the start of the game you have your toolkit go kick some ass all right so with the story of course the mechanics go hand in hand you know as with every big game the reason why you're so special plays a pivotal role in how you as a player play the game so the noron forces the reason why they can fight chimeras is because of this scientist by the name of uh, Yusuf. Think Joseph, but instead of J, it's a Y. I might pronounce the name wrong. I apologize. All right, so this guy, this scientist, learned of a way to actually bind chimeras and link them to a human, forcing it into a form of, like, servitude. All right, you're partnered up now with this chimera. So it's not an easy process, and it also requires this sinking thing to happen between the captured chimera and the human, so the human needs to have, like, a certain type of brain, essentially the one that could handle that connection, you know, other scientific things. So obviously there are a number of potential recruits for Neuron, but it requires a lot of time, like a lot of testing and other things to make sure that should this people be given the tools to fight the Chimeras, they can handle it. That's why at the start there's only five. There's only five people in the force, because only those five, including you, are known to be able to handle this, all right? So now you're linked with a legion, all right? That's the special name of the chimeras that have been captured and tamed. So legions, just like the chimeras that you learned about earlier in the game, are invisible to normal human eyes. So they're not as well known. Like, chimeras aren't really known, and, you know, neurons known of as, like, the, a special task force, but the whole thing that they have legions isn't really known. Which can be pretty funny at times with some dialogue because essentially you as the main character while you walk around the streets, whatever you're doing, you know, you'd be doing a bunch of sick twists, tricks and waving your hands around, you know, with your legion to do stuff. That's all the common Joe Blow on the street sees is you just waving your hands and doing a kickflip. They have no idea why. Like they can't see what you're fighting or what you're trying to achieve or whatever because they can't see it. They only see you. It can be funny. You know, it's. 
it's a Japanese style game, so there's some good. I feel like Japanese games are good for some weird humor. All right, and there's enough thrown in there with the lore that it tickles my fancy a little bit, but it doesn't take away from anything. It actually kind of helps build the lore of like that's why you're such a special guy with this special team. So let's talk core gameplay. You're technically part of the police. So you do have policing duties. However, both those policing duties as well as the combat are tied directly to your legion. Because you have this special link with them, which is a actual chain. You know, the, the name of the game isn't just for shits and giggles. To show that ba- that bind, or the, the bond between a human and their legion, there is a chain that's connected to a collar around the legion that links back to a device that the human is wearing. So with that, that link, you can do a number of different things to help out. You also have another tool called the iris that helps you further with both investigations as well as analyzing the world and crime scenes and even enemies. So it can be a lot of cool little things you can do with that. Now, the levels are long. As I said before, I've only gotten to the third level in seven hours. So now part of that was me kind of hanging around HQ, doing tra- you know, the various trainings to just learn the mechanics and things like that. But still, like... The levels have some meat on their bones. And it's like, I'm just like thinking about the third level that I just recently went through. And there's a lot that goes on. So the third level is where it really kicks off. You've been show all the cool tricks you can do with your Legion, both in combat and investigation, and also how to like navigate a crime scene. So you go. You and your sibling are sent off to investigate some kidnapping somewhere in the city. Now... This is a large area. This crime scene you're investigating is a large area. So you can use your iris to scan for various things that might be helpful to the investigation. You know, like some information from cameras, or it's kind of like it lets you, if you've ever played uh, Detroit Become Human with, what was his name? I never played the game, but the, the android that's supposed to be the on the police department, he can, like, reconstruct the crime scene in his mind by analyzing things. You can see that. Like, you can see a rewind of what happened so you can analyze it. You can also, of course, talk to people to get clues and things like that. And then also your legion's really cool because they can actually track down the trail of any red matter that's been left over by chimeras. Since people can't see that, you need to use your legion. And they can, essentially kind of like a bloodhound, they can pick up on the trail and then using your legion, you can follow that trail. Now, all this stuff that you do helps kind of build up this case that leads to the next part of the level, all right? You get all these clues that you save in a notes section, like in a, you can reference it later. It's kind of like, you know, a police always has that trusty notepad with them to take down information. Well, you have that. Now, at the end of the investigation, since you can't talk, your partner will start asking questions about the case, and you must answer those questions. If you answer correctly, you get some bonuses, like bonus XP, money, whatever, However, there's no penalty for wrong answers. So let's say you purposely botch the answers because you can't end the investigation or like continue the level until you've picked up like most, if not all, the clues. So it's not like you're just guessing. You have the information. Now let's say you fail. Like you don't really fail. All right. It's not like the case ends and it has a negative impact on the game, a la Detroit Become Human. You know, that doesn't really happen. It's just like a. St- story element. It sets the scene for the rest of the level. It adds in some hooks and arcs for the rest of the game. So the third level, 
I'm investigating these kidnappings. Turns out it was being hinted at a chimera that was coming through the neighborhood and kidnapping various people. So they thought, like, the kids thought it was a, a ghost that was coming through and they were so scared of the ghost. So things like that, like lore stuff. And then sure enough, later on the level, I end up going to the astral plane and confront that chimera. So like I said, the investigation led into it. I couldn't fail the investigation, but it set the scene for what I was going to do. So it's a cool little way to tie in the policing that you have to do. And it also kind of gives a break from the combat, all right? Because the combat is... We'll get to that in a minute. Now, with these investigations, as I said before, each level is called a file, all right? And there's a number of, like, secrets and collectibles and other things you can find on a file. And then also with your objectives, both the mandatory ones and the optional ones are called cases in a file that you can complete if they're optional if you want to, or you must since they're required. Now, this is where you can get creative with your tools. You know, one optional case I did in the third level, there were these five pretty much identical brothers. They were all young kids, so they dressed the same, they looked the same, they talked the same, you know, when they wanted to. So it was this fun little like, side thing I could do where they're like, hey, if you can tell us who's the oldest, we'll give you something, you know? Now, of course, I'm looking at these kids, and how the fuck can you tell who's the oldest? They all look the same. They're all the same height. Like, you can't really tell. Well, your iris that I talked about before, they can use, like, analyze things. Your iris is a police tool, and therefore, you can read up information on people because every civilian has an ID number. So when you bring up your iris, it'll scan the human. It can bring up their file because they have an ID number, and you get that number, you get their name, their height, their weight, and their birth date. So instead of trying to completely guess who the oldest boy was, I simply just looked at all five of them with my iris, found out their birth dates, and then I'm like, you're the oldest because you were born first. Bada bing, bada boom. I was given this really cool item, actually, that has been a big help so far in the game. And I like that. You know, the game's giving you a chance to use even your most basic tools to kind of get ahead in the game, to use in like a neat little way. So I like that. They drop you all these little things and they kind of say, you know, go. You know, it's not open world, but you can get a little creative with things or you have to get creative with things, which is it's nice. You know, I like that. So that's the whole policing part of the game, you know, for lack of a better term, your investigations. So about the combat. All right. You technically are a cop, yes. However, you can kick so much ass, yeah, you can make the military jealous. You know, it's it's impressive the moves you got in this game. <laughs> now, succeeding in combat is not just the mastery of you, Howard the human. It's a mastery of also your legion at the same time, and that's why the game can be hard. So let's start with the most basic thing to explain, all right? The, the most straightforward thing is the enemies. So far, I've encountered mostly, like, melee-style enemies. You know, these hounds that run on all fours to these more, like, humanoid kind of guys with, like, a sword and a shield. And you like, these big, hulking behemoths. Hell, I fought this one guy. He kind of had, like, samurai armor and had a giant glaive. So the chariots are very unique. Now, each enemy provides some pretty clear indications as to when they're going to attack, letting you dodge to those attacks. All right? And if... You're paying attention, you can dodge well, which leads to an easy counterattack. So think of your typical like action adventure RPG game, dodge enemy attacks, strike when you can, so on and so forth. Even like boss enemies, 
which if you consider a boss to be, they have a big red health bar at the top of the screen. I have fought plenty up until this point, but they still have the same roles, you know, dodge the attacks, attack when you can, but they get a little more flashy with what they do. And so I really enjoy those fights because they add a little bit more to just the dodge and attack. Now, of course, it's not as easy as that. Let's talk about the human, Howard, the person you're controlling. Your toolkit is a pretty simple one. You're given this armor. You're armed with this, like, multi-purpose weapon. You can switch between a baton, a pistol, or this heavy blade, all right? And you can switch at any time, including in the middle of combat, with just the press of a button. So you can have some great diversity in combat. Let's say you have this large group of enemies, and there's some, like, smaller, faster enemies. You can use your baton. Kill them rather quickly because the baton's very fast. And then, once they're all removed, immediately switch to either your pistol and back up away from the big baddie you see, or switch to that heavy blade and go to town on that motherfucker with the big shield because his defenses are higher. Now, of course, locking on does help focus your fires, not swinging wildly in the air, but you still need to be aware of everyone around you and be ready to switch weapons because even if you have like a baton and you think you can pluck those fast enemies off quickly with it, they might start to overrun you, which so you got to dodge back, switch to that pistol, and you know maybe play defensively and just pluck them off from a distance. It's cool. Now with the dodging, you know, dodging is exactly what it sounds like. You know, dodge away from the enemy. However, if it's done right and you dodge at the right time, there'll be kind of a flash that appears over your character, and that can lead to a number of things. If you press the mail, if you press the attack button for Howard. That'll allow you to follow up with this unique physical counterattack, like kind of you jump up and kick, and kick their chest and like drop kick them or do this uppercut with the blade or, you know, something like that. It's very cinematic, but it has a purpose. On the flip side, if you press a different button, the one they use to call your legion, your legion will come over and join you for a special sync attack. So you'll do like this combo attack with them that can launch the enemy in the air or knock them back or something like that, depending on which legion and which uh, weapon you're using at the time. Now, that can stun an enemy. So let's say the enemy is the first attack the enemy is doing of a string of a combo. If you dodge right and quickly do a counterattack before the enemy can do the next attack of the combo, you can knock them out of the combo, which is really cool. Or let's say you whiff and you're caught in the middle of that combo. Later, you might still get a chance. You might get a chance for a dodge, and then that dodge will be you calling your legion over, and your legion can launch you out of the attack, like with the sword legion. I would call him over, and he would fly behind me, and I would essentially, like, kick off his shoulders over the enemy and get out of the attack. It's cool. It's very flashy, and I love it. It makes combat just so fluid and full of action, and it asks you to kind of, like, respond quickly with the proper reaction, all right? Pretty much anything will do for dodging, whether you counterattack or just get out of the way, but maybe you want to try and get a certain advantage, so what's the best way to get the advantage? Now let's look to the Legion, your Legion's toolkit in combat. You got a little bit more there. There is a bit of an autopilot. So when you summon your Legion, when you call them, you can just say go. You know, they'll fly out and start attacking enemies, or they'll attack the person you're locked onto, so both you and your Legion kind of, like, gang up on them. And they have no health bar, so they can be hyper-aggressive. You don't have to worry about them dying on you. The one drawback you have to worry about is they can be knocked back so they can get thrown back they can get knocked on the ground things like that so in a large fight you know let's say you want to call your legion so they can save you from this combo attack you might not be able to because they're knocked on the ground currently so you still have to be aware of 
where they are and what they're doing, even though they can auto-attack, because you might need them for something. Now, with that, you can have more precision with your Legion. By holding down that call button, you'll still be able to move around just fine. However, the other stick that's used to control your camera will actually start to control your Legion at the same time. So now, with that, you're controlling both characters at the same time, which can do a number of different things. One, you can just move the Legion forward and then press a button to launch to them so you can jump towards them. But you can also do this really cool bind attack. And the way binding works is that chain I mentioned earlier that kind of shows the link between you and your Legion, it is a physical chain at the same time. So if there's an enemy standing there and you can wrap your Legion around, so they run around the entire enemy and then get back to you so like the chain kind of connects, you'll do this cool animation where you kind of like break the chain and it binds the enemy. You know, your Legion's not free, you're still connected to your Legion, but it, you'll end up binding the enemy, letting you just go to fucking town on them. You know, it's only like for a few seconds, but those few seconds you can use to drop a really powerful enemy. The challenge behind that is you're trying to circle that enemy. So that enemy obviously is trying to attack, you have to dodge their attack, while still moving your character who has a health bar and can get killed, and also moving your Legion all at the same time. It's worth it, though, if you can do that. It, it is really worth it. Now, one other thing you can really do with kind of controlling your Legion, I mentioned before, you can get pulled to them. Well, something else you can do is, let's say you're controlling your Legion and you move them up to an enemy. If you do that pull so you can get pulled over to them, you will also do this unique kind of like lunging attack if they're by an enemy, kind of opening up for like some combos. So you can do this really cool chain attack, is what they call it, where you pull the chain to your Legion. Also, let's say you run the chain by a couple enemies. Well, when you pull yourself to your legion, you'll hit every enemy on the way there also. So it'll be a cool way to kind of like get to the other side of the field and do some serious damage. Or if you want to play it safer, you can just call your legion back to you. You won't get the extra attacks, but that'll guarantee that you're now, your legion is next to you now, which might be safer and the smarter move. Now, another thing the legion has, so there's a lot here, is a unique attack that you have full control of. All right, now by holding down a separate button than the call button, your legion will stand at your side, and then you can use a special attack. So the first legion you get, the sword legion, has a really powerful slash attack that's simply called slash. That can do a number of things. You can use it to like solve puzzles by cutting these cords all at the same time to open up another area. Or you can also use it to stun enemies in combat. Certain enemies, when they do a like a big, powerful attack, it'll show this cord on their body that will flash red. And so like a red weak point. If you do a perpendicular slash to it, it'll one, end the attack, obviously, but also like knock the enemy back and stun them. So it can be very useful to pull off in combat. On the flip side, it's really hard. Because while you're aiming this attack, both you and your legion are mobile next to each other you can still hit b to dodge attacks yes but still in real time while you have this attack coming after you you have to aim this attack and wait for the right time to strike so i don't use it too often this one time i had to though i came across this enemy that didn't attack me but instead what it did is it created a link with another chimera and now both that that buffer we'll call them and the chimera they're linked with were immune to all damage. 
until I severed that link. Yet the link was only vulnerable at certain times. So I had to get my Sword Legion next to me, aim that slash attack, wait for the enemy to attack me at the right time to show the vulnerable part of the link, and then slash and sever the link. And if I aimed wrong and missed, or I didn't cut the right angle, now I have a face full of pain coming right at me. For those that can pull it off, it's a great tool. I don't try that often because I'm not coordinated enough to use that ability. And some of the later legions you get do even like more crazier things. And now lastly, your legion can level up. All right, Its stats will increase as it levels up. And you can also get access to like some unique abilities for the legion. Like You can equip the legion with two skills, essentially. And those skills allow you to do, you know, get an attack bonus or a unique attack or whatever that your legion can do mid-combat. So more to their toolkit. Now, yeah, the legion sounds great, okay? There's a lot it can do in combat. There's a lot you can make it do in combat. It has no health, so what's the catch? It's on a timer. That's the catch. You have an energy gauge that, should the energy gauge run out, the legion is automatically dismissed and removed from combat, and it cannot be summoned again until the gauge fully recharges. Now, in combat, killing enemies, doing some combos, and having certain things equipped to your legion will replenish that gauge, okay? As long as you keep it up in combat, your legion will stay out, which is great. But like those boss fights I mentioned earlier, where it's you fighting some really big hulking monstrosity, you can't always have the legion out then, because there's only one person to attack, and it's not always safe to attack them. So now, you have to keep an eye on that gauge, you know, because you might need your legion to dodge out of the way of an attack, and if that gauge ran out earlier, you don't have your legion ready. And I mean, yeah, it takes like two or three seconds for the gauge to refill, but anyone who's played a Platinum Games game before or played any like Ninja Gaiden game or a really crazy action game can tell you that two, three seconds is all it takes to get fucked up. So you need you need to be aware of that gauge at all times, especially like in a, even in a big group fight. If you had to back off real quick to heal up, your legion might get dismissed, and now those seven enemies are looking right at, and you're like, "Shit, I gotta wait now for my legion." That's why the game can be a challenge. In combat, you are controlling two different characters in real time that you need to watch. You need to watch yourself so you don't run out of health. You also need to watch your legion so you know where it is, so it can be ready to assist you. And you also need to know what the gauge is at for your energy. You know, where are all these enemies? Like, is there an enemy going to be behind me that I might have to dodge their attack? I need to be aware of, you know, my surroundings. I need to be aware of what the enemy's abilities are. Like, maybe I need to use that special slash attack to cut down an enemy. Things like that. There's just, there's a lot that you need to keep an eye on as one person. Now, the game does have co-op. Like, this leads greatly into co-op so if you're playing co-op one person controls howard the human and one person controls the legion i could see that making the game a little easier because you're not as worried now you're not trying to control two things at once you're only controlling one thing it's not a bad thing though like i said i really enjoy the game i think it's a whole new level to mastery of combat trying to kind of control things at the same time like there are games before like Games where you have, like, escort missions or, like, AI robots or turrets that you can summon that assist you. Like, there are things you can do. Even Dragon Age, you know, you can set tactics for your allies so they will respond properly in combat the way you want them to 
without you physically having to tell them because it's just programmed into them. But this now, the only thing the Legion does is attack the enemy. And even then, only if you tell it to. If you call Legion back to you, to your side, it won't attack until you tell it to attack again. It'll just hang out with you. All that, you're, you're watching everything. Now, what's great is you can go back and replay any level at any time. You can revisit... Excuse me. You can revisit old files. So you can complete side quests you missed. You can look for those collectibles you might have missed if you want to do 100% completion. Things like that. And also the game has a ranking system. So you get ranked, you know, D through... Actually, I think it's like S+. I think I got like an S plus on one thing. Which also ties into why I'm only so far in the game after seven hours is I revisited one or two levels because I'm like, that con- like I sucked that combat. Like, yeah, I won, but... Only got a C. I could do so much better. I'm going to go back and try it again now that I have a little more mastery over the game and I have a little more to my toolkit. I'm going to give it another go. So the game does push for that replayability. Like, most of the time, I have mostly like C's and B's on all the different cases, like all those like various side quests that you have to do and all the combats in the game. So I'm like, I'm going to go back and replay some of these because I saw where I went wrong and I want to improve. So I'm going to go back and revisit it. And as much as when you go to revisit a case, you can't revisit an individual part of the level. You have to replay the whole level. So you have to redo the investigation. But hey, you know what to do. And if you're not interested in all the side quests, just the one part, you fly through it. All the cutscenes you can skip if you've already seen them. So it's not like you're dragging your feet to replay anything. All right. The game gets a solid, like, A-OK from me. I'm, I'm loving those core mechanics to how the game is played, and it's refreshing combat. You know, it's nice, high-octane, fast-paced combat, and it's asked a lot of me. Like, that's why I kind of got a headache, because I was playing the game nonstop while traveling yesterday to Long Island, and I stayed up late playing it last night, and I got to think for it. I got to be fully attentive and thinking to get a good grade you know granted you could you could get through the combat and beat the game without putting a lot of thought into it if you want so the options there if you want to just kick back you can and you can play on a lower difficulty that has infinite revives if you want the options there and i like that i I like the fact that it has the options that hey i just want to experience the story i like games that they don't just say, hey, this is the easy mode for people who aren't good. It's, hey, this is the easy mode if you want to enjoy the story. That's how they word it. They say, this mode is meant for you to enjoy the story. You don't have to worry about combat. You have infinite revives. Just have fun with the story. I like that. I'm playing on the higher difficulties because I want to experience the story, but I also want to challenge myself in combat. Options are cool. Now, real quick, some story stuff. I do, I'm do. i going to spoil a little bit, like story stuff, which is... It's intriguing, but I feel it can also kind of be a weak point of the game at the same time. During the second level of the game, where things are like really starting to kind of kick off for you and like setting the scene for a lot of things, I mentioned before there's only five people in Neuron that have legions and can fight the Chimera. And one of them's your dad. Okay? So again, huge spoilers coming up. During this level all of you end up going to the Astral Plane, which is, like, unheard of. No one's really been to the Astral Plane before, so, like, okay, this is very dangerous, we gotta be careful, yada, yada, yada. Like, this, the same old stuff. And at one point, what happens, you are find out that you're, like, the special chosen one because there's a lot of exposure in the Astral Plane to uh, 
you know, the red stuff, that eventually the legions break free. And now all the soldiers of Neuron are fighting their legions, which is a bad thing because Neuron's power is from the legions. So eventually you find out you're super special because even though your legion breaks free, it doesn't take long for you to reinstate your control over it. It's real easy for you to do so. Everyone else is kind of struggling to get control, but you just, boom, I got this now. And so you end up having this awesome scene where it's you and your legion now fighting off like what they're called as nemesis. You know, they were the legion, but now they broke free. You're fighting the other four, one after another. So you'll fight the one, and then after some damage, it backs off, and the next one comes in. That one backs off, the next one comes in, that one backs off, the next one comes in. And you do that, you do two cycles of that. So essentially, you do eight separate little fights back to back to back with no cutscenes. It's just, it's fluid, it's constant, one combat. And then after you do those eight fights, the ring around you goes down, and then all four of them jump in. And now you're fighting all four of them at the same time. You only have to last, for me, like 30 seconds, and then the next cutscene starts, which is... They all try and do this awesome attack. You dodge out of the way. The entire area crumbles, and you get away. But it's a really cool kind of like set piece to show, like, shit just got real. Now, here's the follow-up problem. Everyone else in Neuron is currently escaping. The reason why you ended up there is you, the main character, got pulled in there, and so everyone else went in to save your ass, plus a few civilians that also got pulled in. So the other four members are trying to escape. They're running away while you're distracting the others, which makes sense. And they have this fake-out where it shows your sibling's about to die. There's The floor's crumbling, and they slip, and no one notices it in time to save them. So the actual plane is just kind of, like, blocked in space with gravity. So you'll just fall for eternity. So your sibling starts falling, and then you do sex machina, show up, and pull them to safety with your uh, sword legion. Cool. Now, in that time, the other four nemesis, the ex-legions, show up. And then your dad's like, fuck it. They're going to chase us through the gate back to our world. I need to hold them off. So he tells the other four, you included, get the hell out of here. I'm going to hold them off for now and buy you time. It's a great set piece, kind of like set up the rest of the game and set some of the emotions. Because, you know, the two other people in Neuron that, you know, aren't you and your sibling, the other ones that have been with your dad this whole time, there's obviously some emotions that they're running through now. Because... One, they lost their legions, which kind of neuters their entire purpose in life now because they need their legion to do a lot of things. But also this guy they've worked with for a long time is leaving them in this heroic way. So there's some emotions that go around. And of course, this is also where the whole voice acting comes in again. My sister, you know, my playthrough, my sister, of course, doesn't want it to happen. She's screaming. She's saying, don't do this, dad, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, one of your teammates Jin has to grab her arm and physically drag her out of there because she doesn't want to leave her father of course she doesn't it's emotional like the music's going that typical thing I talked about before you know you have the music the aesthetic the characters faces and reactions what they're saying it's all powerful stuff and then there's you I'm standing there the male Howard son not saying shit and that's what kind of like took away a little bit from that emotion is since I can't say anything <laughs> as a character. It was a little upsetting. It's still a powerful scene. Don't get me wrong. And I, I ended up watching it twice because the first time I got there was on the subway. So I couldn't listen to it. So I played it again at home to experience in that scene. And it was still a powerful scene, even with my second viewing. I just wish that I could fucking say something in game. If I don't have control over it, 
if my character said something. So of course now, you know, you you have this newfound determination that, well, I got to save dad. But not only that, I'm the only one with a legion now. So everything kind of gets fucked up for Neuron. They lost their legions. You're the only one left with a legion. So now you're the one that has to do everything, essentially. So I'm intrigued to see what goes, what happens going forward. Like, you do eventually get the allegiance back. Like, the thing is, though, eventually you find the legion. I found the legion that my sister had that broke free of her. But instead of getting it and giving it back to her, so that way I actually had someone else who was competent in the field. Like, she's still competent, but having the legion at her side helps, which is a whole nother story arc she gets into of, like, I don't need a legion to help me, yada, yada, yada. Again, some good character development. My point is, instead of having a second person out on the field with the Legion, you find out that, oh, wait, we didn't know this before, but you can bind two Legions to one person. So now you have a little more, like, choices in combat. You have your Sword Legion, and now you have an Archer Legion. So you have both melee and ranged options for your companion. It's just upsetting, because, like, I don't get, like, I don't have, everyone else still relies on me as being the only person of the Legion, so the only person that can bind and stop the Chimeras. Part of the story arc is, yes, there were those other recruits that they were looking at, and there are other... I can't remember what it's called, but it's something that's similarly spelled to the Legion. These are the devices that are used to bind Legions. There were others, so I'm hoping as time goes on that I will see other troops, like other police officers with legions and neuron i'd love to see that and i hope the story leads to that at some point it'd be great to see that like i said that's really my only concern right now is just the fact that your character doesn't have a voice and they're you know they're kind of being link up in here they don't talk and they're the only one with the magic MacGuffin. it works for legend of zelda as high fantasy for this game though i hope we see more of those interactions from the other police officers like they still talk to you they still give you feedback on things and assist in their own way at hq obviously it would be nice though to see another neuron person with a legion and that also goes for like you have alicia and Jin, who are the other two vets of neuron still around i want to see them back in action it was really cool seeing them out on the field and you know whilst fighting my legion in the corner of my eye, I could see them fighting their own legions. It was cool seeing like these other people. Like I'm fighting besides other comrades, other humans. It'd be great to see that again. So that there's my hope. There's my hope for Astral Chain and the story is that in time I see more neuron units on the field. I get more of that interaction with other humans. And my only real gripe was yeah, just not having the voice line. Everything else is amazing. Like, the game looks great. They had a famous uh, manga artist. Her name, his name, I'm going to pronounce horribly, Mazazaku, Mazakuzu Katsurua. Again, I'm sorry if I pronounced it horribly wrong. So they have a great artist for it. If you like anime or like manga, you'll love the artwork of the game. There's music aplenty. You know, when the combat starts, you get this really awesome, sometimes metal music or just in general kind of like high-octane music starts playing to get your blood pumping. And even when you're walking around the police HQ, they kind of have like, you know, like a low-beat tune playing in the background that's kind of like a little soothing, just kind of like helps you unwind and hang out at HQ. 
So the soundtrack's great. I'm loving it. It matches very well with what's happening on screen, which looks amazing. And they love their slow-mo. The, that whole first, like, the opening part where you're learning about the legions and you join Neuron and you're going through the astral plane for the first time. Was There's so much slow-mo. <laughs> they were showing off a little bit, but after that first trek into Ash, the astral plane and after the second level of the game, I haven't seen any slow-mo. So I'm glad it's not... Again, another pro for the game is they don't ruin the game with a lot of slow-mo. They let that high action be high action. And the few times it slows down is like if you do a perfect dodge, something like that, to kind of like show off a little bit and give you that time to react. So they found a nice balance. And there are occasions where like if you do a great finisher on an enemy or you reach the end of like a boss fight or a chain of enemies, it'll show like this cool flash, like it'll do like three quick screenshots of like the move you're doing on the enemy and the enemy getting killed. So it's, again, it's flashy and I like it. I I like how they're kind of showing everything off. They're really letting the artwork shine and all the love and energy they put into both the the main character and the Legion gets to be shown off in these cinematic ways. I love it. It, The game has some great attention to it and it makes you just really enjoy it. It's a great thrill ride on top of being a bit of a crime game with like the investigations you have to do. So it finds a way to have two very contrasting ideas work in hand. You're a police officer investigating a crime, which can be very slow at times, or like you're talking to people and looking for clues. And then after you complete that case of your investigation and you find combat, boom, it, it hits you and it it works. It It's a great balance. So I highly recommend this game. I really do. It's fun all around. The story is not half bad, and I'm intrigued to kind of see where it leads for everything, because there are a number of, like, story hooks that have been set up in the first three levels, so I'm intrigued to see where they lead. And just in general, I'm having a blast, and there's that replayability. Like, I want to go back to those previous levels to improve my ranking and get better at the game. The game has it set up nicely for that, that you can see how well you did, you can see what you missed, and then go back and be like, I'm going to clean this up and fix this if you want to do that. So yeah, enjoy it. Astral Chain, it's on the Switch, so if you have a Switch, I recommend checking it out. It's the first game I spent 60 bucks on in a long time, and I gotta say, I'm not disappointed by that fact. I think it's just fine spending $60 on this. So, that is it for now. Kind of a nice little like review and a look at Astral Chain and what it has to offer us. So, we'll be coming back next week. It'll be be the first weekend of the new school year just gotta go back to work on tuesday summer break can't last forever you know so we'll be doing that again for now everyone take care if you're getting ready to go back to school whether you're a student or a teacher my blessings upon you i wish you luck and for anyone who's not involved in the school system just hey man september we're nearing the end of 2019 finish strong you got four months to have a have a great great time So take care. I'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening.